Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And hello, everybody. I'm Madeline Hewitt. And I'm Jeannie Schmidt. And welcome, everybody, to the show. And we're so glad to have you as one of our special listeners. And we wanted to let everybody know that we are actually working to grow our listenership. And we would love it if every one of you could share this radio show with even one other person. And we've heard from a number of you that you've shared it with your extended families. And it's so exciting to hear from you how lives are changing as a result of listening to the show and implementing these nutrition and lifestyle changes. And we find that this information actually appeals to women, it appeals to men, the old and medium and young people. And what we're finding, interestingly, is that more and more young people are looking to get healthy and are making good use of this information on the radio show. And so we ask you to consider sharing the radio show with your nieces, your nephews, if you have sons or daughters or even their friends, or people out there who are high school or college teachers to share it with your students. And more and more young people these days are just really sick of being overweight and unhealthy, and they're looking to change. And they find that the advice to diet and exercise are really not working for them. And it's really a fallacy that young people don't care about their health. And we actually hear about that a lot uh, when we're teaching our nutrition classes and bringing up various nutrition and lifestyle changes. And Sometimes people in the class will bring up, well, well, what do I do because I have kids, I have teenagers, and they're bringing that up because they're thinking, well, my teenagers, they're not going to want to eat healthy, so how am I going to start to change my lifestyle when I've got teenagers and kids at home? And, you know, kids, they like to just, you know, eat bad food and ice cream and cookies and cake and junk foods. And what we're really finding is that that really isn't true. If you really sit down and talk to kids that maybe they find that they prefer the taste of some of those foods, but nowadays they're preferring even more to have healthy bodies because they're interested in doing well in school and they're interested in having friends and they're interested in maybe being in sports and athletics And they don't want their health to hold them back, whether they're overweight or whether they're struggling with thinking problems like ADHD or they're struggling with depression or anxiety or diabetes. I mean, these are things that if your parents now, when you were young, maybe you and other kids in your class were not dealing with these issues. But these are issues that many, many kids are dealing with now. And it's really, really impacting their ability to do well in school and have friends and be in athletics, or maybe they even want to take dance or music or other things, but their health problems are actually in the way. So we find that we really don't want to just think that kids are not interested in improving their health and that the information on the radio show would be, of course, not appropriate for kids who are five or six or eight. But teenagers and college-age kids would be very, very interested in this information. And the type of 
nutritional guidelines and lifestyle changes that we suggest are things that they could even do just right on their own. This is would not at all be above their level. And they're really not getting this information in school. And in fact, most kids' parents don't know this information. And we all know that kids also don't listen to their parents. So even if their parents know this information, we know that they don't want to take that advice from their parents. So allowing them to learn it on their own is often most effective. And this information is all free. And so to get access, you would want to direct people to the website. And now it's studiotimeout.com. And then it's easy. Just go to the homepage and click on the radio show access. It's right there on the homepage. Now, I'm going to tell you, you are going to be asked to enter your email address. And it's not for the purpose of sending you spam or pestering you or selling your email address. None of that happens. But we're collecting your emails so that eventually we can send you special announcements of online nutritional education programs that we're designing and that will be coming up. And this is especially useful for people who don't live in the Twin Cities who would like to get a little bit more education on these nutritional principles. And once you've signed in with your email, then you have access to all the archived radio shows. And in fact, there are about 50 that are posted on the website now. And so you can just choose the topic and listen at your own convenience. And most likely you already know this because you're either using this online access or you're listening live. But this would be just information that you would pass on for other people. So we encourage you to get going and tell others about the radio show. And let's increase our listenership and make a bigger impact on people's health for better lives. Now today, today we're going to continue our discussion on the six steps to stubborn fat loss. And the first thing is we're going to ask you to say that six times really fast. Six steps to stubborn fat loss. <laughs> so that will be your first exercise of the day. It's hard for me to say that one. Now, two weeks ago, we started this topic and we talked about the first step. And the, the first step really is that most important one of changing your mindset. And I'm not going to go over all of that. We actually spoke at length about it two weeks ago. But just to do a quick review on that, we want to just be sure that we're able to change our mindset away from this idea that in order to lose body fat, all we need to do is just cut back on food and exercise more. And what we learned about this change of mindset is that cutting back on food and exercising more actually does work for certain people, but it's becoming fewer and fewer people that that works for. And so what we can think about is that that will be working for people who have all of these other conditions that are set to stage body fat loss. If you don't have those conditions already set in your body by just cutting back on food or cutting back on meals and increasing your exercise isn't going to work. And so we want to just change our mindset away from this idea. If I just cut back or maybe go on some sort of restrictive diet for a few weeks and increase my exercise, that's going to work for me. Now, we were going over this in one of the classes last night and I asked the class, now, do you know of some people that this works for? And a few of the people in the class raised their hand and they said, oh, yeah, well, that works for my husband. And somebody else said, yeah, I have a friend who that works for. And then this one woman said, well, it works for me. 
And then I asked her, well, then what are you doing in the class? And she said, oh, well, it doesn't really work for long term. I just gain the weight back. Okay, well, that's my point. So what we're talking about here is people who are interested in losing excess body fat forever and that you're not interested in just losing it on a short-term diet and then gaining the weight back and having to do that again and again and again. And so if you're interested in having restrictive diets and losing weight and gaining it back, I'm just going to say, why don't you turn the radio show off now because then none of this information will be useful for you. But for those people who are interested in losing body fat permanently and not having to obsess about it and think about it and just have it be your continued way of life for the rest of your life. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the show today. And so that step one really is about changing your mindset of how you think about body fat loss. So if you want all those details of it, just tune in of the show that's two weeks prior to this and you'll get that. Now today we're moving to step two, which is I think you're going to be happy to hear this one. I'm going to just guess. And step two is ditch the cardio. So we want to just think about what that means. And we'll back up a bit and think about how many, many people seem to think that when it's time to lose some body fat, what we need to do is start exercising. And then it's interesting the type of exercise most people choose. It will be cardio. And uh, we suspect that people are choosing that because they've heard, well, cardio burns the most calories. And is that what you're thinking too? Well, of course, that's just obvious because you would just want to burn a lot of calories. Well, remember in step one, we decided to change our mindset and get away from that idea of obsessing and focusing about calories because permanent body fat loss is not to do with the calories that you take in and it's not to do with the calories that you're burning per se. And so when we're thinking about choosing the type of exercise that would support us in being a good fat burner or being somebody who has a lean body with a healthy percentage of body fat, we're not thinking of doing exercise that the only benefit to it is burning calories. So let's just think about that and think about if we were going to choose cardio and we said, well, I'm going to do that anyway. I'm going to do something to burn calories because I don't care what you say. I just want to burn a lot of calories. So let's just talk about what that might mean. So you do your cardio and you're on your treadmill or you're doing an aerobics class or you're jogging outside and you're starting to breathe heavy and maybe you're starting to sweat. Okay, now you're going to be burning calories. So we're, what calories do you think that you're burning? Is that going to be ca- muscle? Okay, so that would be one choice. You could be burning calories that come from your muscle or lean tissue, and uh, or you could be burning calories from food that you just ate, or you could be burning um, glycogen calories that are coming out from your liver or from glycogen that's stored in your muscle. Or you could be burning body fat. So do you think that if we all decide to go to an aerobics class or get on our treadmills, we're all going to be burning body fat? Probably, Probably not. not. Yeah. Okay. So how, how, would, how would you know that? Would you, do you, is there some kind of measure or, or some sort of calipers you go, oh, yep, yeah, now I'm burning body fat? 
Well, no, there isn't that. So you're you're not going to really know what it is that you're burning. So let's just back up a bit and and make some determinations about how your body knows where it's going to pull those calories from that you're burning with the cardio. And so if we back up there and think uh, about our hormones, because we've learned in the past that it's our hormones that are going to dictate if we're burning fat or if we're storing fat. So what, what would one of those hormones be? It's insulin, right? One of those hormones would be insulin. And we've talked at length about insulin on the pr- previous radio shows that most people, way more than 50% of the people, if we just did blood tests on everybody, way over 50% of the people that are living in the United States would have insulin levels that are above an optimal range of two to five. So they would be maybe an insulin level of six or eight. Lots of people have insulin levels of 18 or 20, which are way, way, way above the optimal levels of two to five. So if we take, okay, at least half of the population, it's actually going to be more than that, but at least half the population has insulin levels that are above the optimal range, the message that insulin, which is a hormone, that carries a message and it tells all of your cells that it has one message and that one message is store fat. So if you're one of those 50 to 75 to 80 percent of Americans with high insulin, you decide I'm going to be losing weight by doing cardio. So I'm going to get out my treadmill that's been sitting in the basement because I haven't used it a while, but I'm going to get it out now because I want to lose weight for that cruise coming up in two weeks. So we get out that that uh, machine and get on that thing and I haven't been exercising and my insulin level is high and I just had this nice breakfast of a muffin and uh, some coffee and maybe half a piece of toast. So a nice carb loading because we've heard carb loading is going to be real good when we're going to be exercising. So we have some carbs and a high insulin level and then get on that treadmill. Now, what do you think that you're going to be burning? Do you think that would be body fat? Probably not. So we would think now it's going to be more beneficial for you to become an efficient fat burner and burn fat all the time rather than think of the 20 minutes on the treadmill or the 60 minutes of jogging as your only time that you're going to be burning calories. So here, this kind of goes back to our mindset of thinking, let's start having a mindset of what we're really looking for is to become an efficient fat burner of all those other 23 and a half hours in the day when we're actually not exercising. So oftentimes we think that the only time that's really going to count when we're deciding to lose weight is going to be just the time we're exercising. But what is that, 20 minutes in your day or one hour? Say that it's even really long, like you decide I'm going to exercise for three hours. Okay, but what about those other 21 hours in the day? So we want to be thinking that the people that are actually successful at getting a lean body with an ideal body composition with um, maybe like 15 to 25% of body fat, those are going to be people that are efficient fat burners those other 21 to 23 hours in the day. So that would mean sitting at your desk, you're actually an efficient fat burner. Lying in bed sleeping, you're an efficient fat burner. Sitting on the couch watching TV, you're an efficient fat burner. So we want to really, again, go back to that step one 
and think that what we really want to be is an efficient fat burner all the time and not put all our focus on I need to do cardio exercise and it's during that cardio that I'm going to be burning all my calories. Mm -hmm. Because we can see here that way over half the population already is going to have hormones that are going to point in the direction of if you get up and do cardio, you're going to be you're going to be actually burning lean tissue or burning up the food and the carbs that you just ate. But one of the last things that you're going to do is actually reach into your fat stores and start to burn fat. So we find that people that have an overfat body just that decide to do cardio for the purpose of losing body fat, that that's not actually an effective way to lose body fat. It's effective at burning calories. That's nice. But if you can choose, it's multiple choice. What would you rather have? Burn calories or would you rather lose body fat? Which one? Probably so, lose the body fat. Yeah, I think you know, most it's people... So interesting that you bring that up about jogging and running because every time I ever see people running outside around the lakes here, almost every single one of them looks really puffy and really in distress and kind of upset and like you just kind of look and you go, oh my gosh, that looks like a, 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 a they're going to combust or something. It doesn't really look like a very efficient type of exercise just from seeing them jog past. You know, I agree with you. And for people that don't live in the Twin Cities, uh, we have a lot of lakes here. And we're, we're here in Minneapolis and St. Paul area where we have these lakes that people bike and jog around. And it's not just one of them. We have a lot of these lakes and along the creek and along the river. So it's easy to see people outside exercising. And I, I think I agree with Madeline. It's actually very inspiring to see people get out and do some exercise. And people have really, really good intentions. And that's that's inspiring to see people get out there and do something. But unfortunately, they don't have the right information as to what would be most effective for them. And I agree. I, I go for walks around the lake pretty much every day. And the walk is about an hour. And so you're out there for a fair amount of time seeing these people. And that's true that people that have excess body fat and inflammation, and those are for sure going to be people with high insulin levels, that that sort of exercise is actually not going to be beneficial in terms of weight loss. And so while it's great that they're out there, it would actually be more beneficial to take that intensity down and go for an enjoyable walk, something that's going to be more doable. And then do a type of exercise that instead, instead of that type of what we would call steady state cardio, do a different type of exercise that we'll talk about when we come back from the break. Yes, we'll be back in a moment. And remember, we are taking callers after the break. The number is one 472 5792 We'll be back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. 
Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy, and I'm here today along with Madeline and Jeannie. Let's continue our talk. Yes, and before the break, we were talking about people that have these high insulin levels and have excess body fat that are out jogging around the lake that we see, or maybe they're on their treadmills and huffing and puffing. And here at the exercise studio, we often see people in some of the cardio classes that that look that same way. And so... One thing that we want to get clear here is that we're not saying that cardio isn't good for anybody at all. And so sometimes around the lakes, you'll see these people that that are actually um, well-muscled and lean people that are very athletic. And you go, you know what, that looks like that's a good exercise for them. They look like that's working for them. And, you know, we, we like to use a lot of common sense with really anything with nutrition and food. And in this case... All you have to do is look at somebody exercising and it gives you a lot of information. That's looking at them, but it's also for yourself. You you should be able to use common sense for yourself and feel what your exercise is feeling like. And so, for instance, if you're looking at a person and you see excessive stress, meaning what Madeline was men- mentioning, it looks like the person's going to explode or combust, that you say, you know what, there's something wrong with this picture. That, when we talk about whole body health, why would you ever want to look like you're going to explode or combust? So that's that you can you can just see that and think there's there's something that's not quite right here. And then if you can imagine, if you're carrying excess weight and then you're doing something that's got impact like jogging or some sort of aerobics or treadmill running, how how well your joints are going to enjoy that. And that would be another common sense thing. Now, if, if that's actually you in your body and that's what you're feeling like and you're saying, oh my God, every muscle is tense, my knees are hurting, and I'm feeling like I'm going to actually explode or blow up, that's not going to be a good sign. And we've talked 
at length in other radio shows about stress and how stress is not going to be a good thing on your body. And so going through this type of exercise when it's not really meant for you at that time in your life is going to add a tremendous amount of stress to you. And it's not going to push your hormones in the direction that you're going to want for being a good fat burner. And so speaking about hormones, what exactly are we talking about? If, if you want to be a lean person that turns into a good fat burner for all of the hours of the day, 24 hours, including all of those hours that you're not exercising, then we want the hormones to be represented in a specific way. So let's go over some of those. The first one would be growth hormone. That's going to be one of the most important ones. Growth hormone, most people know of that as being a hormone that's good for kids for growing your bones. And that's true. You grow the bones and the kids reach their adult height. And then growth hormone actually starts to decrease at a fairly young age in people. And as you age and move along in the decades in life, the growth hormone can really decrease quite a bit. And so you might think, well, why would I need that? Because my bones are done growing. Well, growth hormone is necessary for heart health and it's necessary also for keeping muscle on your body and for keeping you young and decreasing excessively fast aging. And so we would actually want to preserve our growth hormone as long as we can. And there are really two ways that you can increase your growth hormone. And I'm not talking about taking injections or any sort of supplements. But the two ways that you could increase the growth hormone, one, is to assure that you're getting the best sleep possible that you can. And when your body goes into a very, very deep sleep, and I'm, I'm not talking about REM sleep, it's this other stage four sleep, when you're in very, very deep sleep, you get bursts of growth hormone that you put out. And so we would want to put an emphasis on being sure that you're not um, purposefully doing something to decrease your sleep. So putting some emphasis on good, good sleep is going to be important. And the other one that we're talking about right here in step two is exercise. So we'll be talking in a little bit about this special type of exercise that increases growth hormone. But we would want the type of exercise that we choose to increase our growth hormone and not to leave it static or even decrease our growth hormone. Um, now, steady state cardio, this type of jogging around lakes or jogging outside or jogging, 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 steady state type of exercise is not going to be a type of exercise that increases your growth hormone. So if you choose that uh, type of exercise, you're not getting that benefit. And the benefit of having increased growth hormone is that it helps you to become an efficient fat burner even when you're not exercising. The second one would be an increase in testosterone. And we know of testosterone as the male hormone. So of course, men have more testosterone than women, but women have testosterone as well. And we would want to choose a type of exercise that increases our testosterone. And testosterone is a tiny bit like growth hormone in that the message that a good amount of testosterone is going to bring is that we that's going to help preserve our muscle mass. It's going to help us from not breaking down muscle when we're exercising. And it's going to help us to actually build some muscle. And women, I just want to point this out to you about 
this testosterone increase from exercise is not going to be so much that you're going to turn into this great big giant person. So we really don't have to have any worries about becoming a giant muscle-bound person. That that's, that's not what happens here unless you start maybe injecting yourself with testosterone. But we're not talking about injections or about supplements. We're talking about a natural increase of testosterone from exercise. And then we would also want the effect of decreasing excess estrogen. And here too, I'm not talking about the good estrogens that our body actually wants to have. I'm talking about a decrease in excess estrogen. And when we have excess estrogen, and men have excess estrogen as well, and it's actually a very big problem for men. And it makes you grow breast tissue and it makes you fat. And so it's not something that anybody wants to have excess estrogen. And we get a lot of that from the environment now in plastics and we get excess estrogen in the air that we breathe and we get it in eating meats that have been injected with estrogen. It's really all over in our environment. So you can just assume that we have excess estrogen and there's certain types of exercise that are going to help you to rid some of that from your body. And then we want to decrease insulin. We've already been talking about the effect of excess insulin is going to carry that message to store fat. And we've talked about that about 50 to 75% 50 to 75% of American people already Advanced have excess insulin. Has been updated. And so we can decrease insulin by changing our diets and it's going to add to that effect if we choose exercise that's going to help to specifically decrease the insulin level. And when you get your insulin level down into a range of about two to five, so you could actually go and get a blood test. And I'm not talking about blood sugar or hemoglobin A1C. I'm talking about an insulin level, a fasting insulin level that's in the range of two to five. You're going to find that you become a much more efficient fat burner in all of those hours that you're not even exercising. So we would want to choose a type of exercise that would be uh, efficient at decreasing your insulin level. And then we would want to choose types of exercise that does not overly tax your adrenals and that it regulates your cortisol. So cortisol is going to be another hormone and that, that would be a hormone that's going to be secreted in response to stress. And we all have stress every day, and stress is actually something that keeps us alive, and stress is going to be fine. But I'm talking about excessive stress and excessive cortisol release. And so when we have excess cortisol, that's going to favor you putting fat onto your body. And so the last thing that we want to do is already have excess cortisol and be overweight and fat and have an inflammatory state going on in the body and then decide I'm going to take up a heavy-duty jogging program. What that's going to do is actually increase the cortisol more, increase the stress, and it's going to make the problem worse. So that, that would be people. You can tell if somebody has excess cortisol. By Those people are going to uh, look puffy. They're going to be the people that Madeline was talking about. They look like they're really stressed out and puffy and they carry excess body fat that seems like it's really really difficult for them to lose so those are people that already have trouble with their adrenals so the last thing that those people would want to do is do some sort of excessive exercise that makes the whole problem worse so we can see that just by focusing on I just want to burn calories and cardio is going to burn calories we're really ignoring the fact that that 
excessive cardio exercise is actually adding to the problem by shifting your hormones in a negative direction that does not assist you in becoming an efficient and an effective fat burner. Okay, now there's one other aspect here that this isn't a hormone, but it's something else that's going to be really, really necessary for you to become an effective fat burner. And that's going to be for you to have plenty of mitochondria in your cells. And so let's just talk about that people have trillions of human body cells, red blood cells, you have white blood cells, you have muscle cells, nerve cells, all kinds of different cells all your all over your body. And every single one of those has mitochondria in those. And mitochondria is this little thing called an organelle, and it produces ATP, or adenosine triphosphate. It doesn't really matter what it's called. All we need to know is that you have these little things inside of every cell that's responsible for making energy for your cells and for your entire body. So this would be energy that just helps you do things like think and digest food and move your arms. But it's also energy that you feel when you go, oh, I feel energized. Okay, that's actually that your mitochondria are working for you. Or if you say, oh, I just don't feel any energy. Well, that's your mitochondria that they're not doing so well. So this is energy just to run your body, even to make you breathe and to make your heart pump and to make anything happen in your body that you don't even notice, that's done because you have these mitochondria in all your cells that's giving your body energy to actually carry out those things. That, and then I'm just going to repeat it again, it's also the energy that you just feel. Oh, I'm energized. Oh, I'm tired. So you can even feel that. So why I'm talking about this is because some of your cells have lots and lots of mitochondria like the cells that are in your stomach that secrete the hydrochloric acid that help you digest food, those cells have really a lot of mitochondria in them. They're very, very energy uh, necessary and energy dependent in your stomach. But obviously your muscle cells also have a lot of mitochondria because you need to move and jump up and down and move your arms and lift heavy pans and do do all kinds of things. You have mitochondria in your muscle cells that are going to help you move your muscles. And then your heart cells have lots and lots of mitochondria. So why am I talking about this when we're talking about stubborn fat? Well, I'm talking about it because you also need mitochondria in your cells in order to burn fat. It's an energy-dependent process that take mitochondria. And I'm bringing this up because lots and lots of people, we all really have trouble with our mitochondria living in this day and age of toxins in the environment. All these toxins are heavy metals. They're the estrogens that I was talking about. They're the um, pesticides that are on food. They're all over. Toxins are everywhere in the environment at this point. And we breathe them in. They're in our water. They get through our skin. And I'm not trying to be a negative person or anything, but I'm just pointing out that we all have this problem. And the the issue here is that the toxins, once they get into your body, they actually damage our mitochondria. So our mitochondria are at risk because we live in a toxic environment. So what that means is that we, we easily can start to feel kind of tired. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. You go, I just don't have the energy I used to. Or really, kids that are born nowadays and they grow up, maybe they never ever experience ever having good energy. It's, it's actually gotten to that extent. And 
so if you if your mitochondria are damaged and when they're damaged they can they can be half damaged and they just don't really produce much energy or you can actually kill the mitochondria and you have cells that just don't have very many mitochondria in them it could be either of those different scenarios and you go that that's not a very fun state to be in because i just i don't have energy to feel good but i also don't have the energy it takes to actually do the exercise and i don't have energy that it takes to actually burn fat and so it's it's very very good news that this can be uh, reversed and we can actually increase our mitochondria and one way to increase those is to do some detoxification that we'll talk about on another show you can do detoxification to lower your load of toxins so that you don't continue to damage the mitochondria and you can actually reverse this effect because your cells can actually make those mitochondria happen again so we can reverse that process and the other magical way to increase your mitochondria is actually through this special type of exercise so we thought that in this segment we were going to bring up that special type of exercise but we may be bringing this up on the next segment so just again speaking about the mitochondria we want to be choosing the type of exercise that's going to increase your mitochondria and we find that certain types of exercise can actually maybe double or triple the amount of mitochondria that you have in your cells. So we would want you to ask this question if you're somebody out there that's already exercising. When, with the type of exercise that you've been doing, do you feel way more energized the rest of the, the day after you've done your exercise? Or does your exercise make you feel like you're kind of tired out and you have to take a nap and it feels kind of like it depletes you and it takes a while for you to recover? Well, here's the deal. If it's that second one where your exercise, you actually feel kind of exhausted after it, it takes you a while to recover. That's not going to be one that's actually increasing your mitochondria. That's going to be one that's pushing you more towards the high cortisol and giving you stress responses. And that's not push, pushing your hormones in the direction for you to become an efficient fat burner. Oh. So here we go. When we come back, we're going to talk about that magical form of exercise that's going to do benefits for your body. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. 
You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. We have a last segment of the show today. We're in Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy, and I'm here with Madeline and Jeannie. Yes, and we promised that we would talk about what is this type of exercise that pushes your hormones into the right direction. And I think a lot of you already know what I'm going to say, but um, I think there's some people that don't know. So here we go. Drum roll. There's two forms of exercise, actually, that are going to push your hormones in this direction. And one of those is going to be the high-intensity interval training or sometimes we just call it Tabata. And Tabata is just a form. There's a lot of different formats of high-intensity interval training, and Tabata is just one format. And so we're going to just make it simple today and choose just that one format of Tabata. And when I mention the word high-intensity interval training, I'm just going to guess that a lot of you are thinking, oh, that's not for me. That high-intensity, that sounds like that's going to be something for athletic Mm in-shape people. And in fact, Tabata or high-intensity interval training is for every, every person. So there wouldn't be somebody who wouldn't be included in this. And even if you're in a wheelchair, Uh, You can do Tabata exercise and high-intensity interval training. Even if you're elderly, even if you're somebody who's never exercised and doesn't know what you're doing with exercise, you can do Tabata training. And we even know people who do Tabatas with two-and-a-half-year-olds. So it, you're, you can't, I guess, I guess infants, that's probably not going to work with. But if there's <laughs> children that can move around, they actually love it. And this one that I'm thinking about in particular, she, she goes up to her grandma and, you know, maybe they're out at the park or they're um, in the house or they're maybe out at a party. And she goes up to her grandma and she goes, Grandma, uh-oh, time for Tabata. And then they just break out their little music on the phone and they do their four-minute Tabata. So that's the magic of this type of exercise is that it's four minutes. We're not talking about an hour of exercise. We're talking about four minutes. And And you also said they just break out and do it so you can do it anywhere. Yeah, you can do this anywhere and anytime and you need very, very little space. You don't need to go and buy equipment and you don't need, you really don't need anything. And while we recommend people probably wear shoes for it, I'm just going to say when I'm traveling and I do mine, I, I don't often like bringing shoes on trips and things. So I do mine barefoot and it depends on what type of exercise you choose to do. But barefoot can work out just fine depending on if you're doing jumping or not. I even and, know of a chiropractor who does a four-minute Tabata with his clients in in that little tiny chiropractic office. Oh, he and does it right along with them. Yeah, it's when they say, oh, I don't have time to exercise, so I'm not going to have exercise in my lifestyle. So he turns on the music and they do a Tabata right then. Right and there. they're not. 
Yeah, they're uh-huh. not prepared in their exercise clothes and they didn't know that was going to be happening and they can do it just fine. Uh-huh. And then it just goes to show anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. I know of another person who uh, travels and does lectures and has maybe like 100 to 200 people in a lecture hall. And then every hour has everybody stand up and do a Tabata right in their spot. These are these are like lecture halls with desks and people that are in a class. So again, they're not in workout clothes and they just stand up and then do this type of exercise. And so another example of how this can be done, it's something we, we really would love to see and we'd love to hear of any teachers who would do this. We believe that this would be absolutely life-changing if people would implement this in schools. And that once an hour, or even if you just decide even once a day, have the kids stand up right there in the classroom and do a four-minute Tabata, that the kids would be able to pay attention in school so much better. And we could pretty much guarantee they're also going to be a lot happier and they're going to Uh, get a lot more out of school and the teachers are also going to be happier having kids that are happy now to sit down in their desk for the next 50 minutes or so and pay attention to the the lesson plan. So what even is this? For people that aren't familiar with Tabata, you can get out a pencil and write this down. It's easier if you write it down. Um, First off, you're going to go to this website. It's called tabatasongs.com. Tabata songs, like song, like musical song, tabatasongs.com. And they have a variety of different songs there. Just download one. They're 99 cents. Put it on your phone. Put it on your iPad or computer, whatever kind of device that you like to use. And then when you turn the song on, this is what it is. It will be 20 seconds of some music. So this is a t- this is timed music. It'll go da 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 for 20 seconds. At the end of the 20 seconds, there might be a person counting down, saying something ending in five, four, three, two, one, and then that song it will turn down to a low volume. So. In that 20 seconds, you're just going to choose some type of exercise that's really quite intense for you. So here would be some examples. Jogging in place, jumping jacks, burpees, push-ups. Now, say if you go, I can't get down on the floor and do push-ups, then find a countertop and lean against the counter and do push-ups from the countertop. Or you could stand and bring your knees up one at a time. Your knees come one at a time up to your chest. And as you're doing that, press your arms overhead. Um, Really, this is any type of exercise. If you go, I don't know what those exercises are, then dance. Just move all your limbs and go crazy and go blah, 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 and dance and arms and legs are moving. Um, wow. You could lie on your back and roll up and down. I mean, it really, it's any, any type of body movement that's going to feel hard for you. If, if you, you like doing things outside, you could bike up hills or you could do, do sprinting. That would work if you like to do the running. Yeah, you could be doing that if you like that outside. And we, you know, we often like to tell people to really keep it simple in the in the mm-hmm. beginning and just do it wherever you are. Just get it over with. Because oftentimes the going outside now, I have to put on my jogging shoes and get into my jogging outfit and get outside. This, you know, and that's going to be perfectly fine if you've got that kind of a system down. But for people that are just beginning this, really just start with whatever you have, like in your living room or in your hotel room, even in your office. Office. Just, you can even just, do it in your pajamas, barefoot, right when you get out of bed. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. First thing in the morning is going to be what we recommend because this is going to get you set up for your entire day. It's going to help you increase your energy. It's going to clear your mind and it's going to help you make good decisions about the rest of your day. And so for this 20 seconds, you're just going to do something that's all out. It could even be if, you, if you're if you into lifting weights, you just do your bicep curls or overhead press or whatever it is that you like. Okay, then that's 20 seconds then there's 10 seconds of this music that it kind of turns down. That's your time to rest. 10 seconds. So it's pretty quick, but you might be panting by then and you just rest. Don't try and keep your heart rate up or do anything. Just stop what you're doing for those 10 seconds. Then the music starts up again for the next 20 seconds. And it's going to repeat this eight times. That's going to make four minutes total. And so here's your deal. You can choose exactly the same exercise for all of those 20 seconds, or you might alternate two different exercises, or maybe you decide you want eight different exercises. You know, the point is it doesn't really matter. Just choose things that are challenging for you. So people that are in a wheelchair, you might choose to get some weights and then you're going to work your arms or you're going to choose to do some sort of punching where you're not even punching anything or pretending like you're doing a speed bag. Another thing that you can do if you go, I have a lot of joint pain and I can't move a lot, is do isometrics. So you could just do this now. Squeeze your hands, like make a fist and squeeze your arms as hard as you can until they start to shake. Just do that for 20 seconds. That's going to actually really tire you out. And if your legs are in working order, then you squeeze your arms and your legs. So you just do that and you go, great. Okay. Cause you have total body joint pain. Okay. That's going to work because you're not moving all of your limbs all over the place. So this is what we mean about anybody can do this. And if you're thinking, well, four minutes, that's not very much. I'm Remember, I'm not going to burn a lot of calories. Remember, we're not thinking about burning the calories. We're thinking about shifting our hormone status. And so even the, with this four minutes of the Tabata exercise, that's going to actually give you a nice growth hormone burst. It's going to give you this burst of testosterone. And seriously, for men that are having trouble with low testosterone levels that happen to pretty much most men at an age around 35, running through the 40s and into the 50s, if you start doing these Tabatas, this is going to really, really help you increase your testosterone levels. So sometimes I hear people talking about how, like, they hear the words high-intensity interval training, and they say, oh, I do that. And I ask them, oh, what do you do? And they say, I run on the treadmill for 10 minutes, and then I walk for five minutes, and then I do that for an hour. Will you go into a couple of details about how that's really not what we're talking about yeah, high intensity is something that you can't do very long. So you, some people, after they've trained for quite a long time, could maybe do high intensity for 30 seconds or maybe possibly 45 seconds or a minute. But that's you can't you it, it's it's um, something that you cannot maintain for a long time. And so if you go, oh no, I can maintain that. Well, then you're actually not doing high intensity. We're talking about so high of intensity that you feel like you can't breathe. So that's why it's only going to be 20 seconds. So we real to get that burst of growth hormone and testosterone, you have to reach high intensity. And nobody can do high intensity for 10 minutes. So by definition, if you're doing something for 10 minutes, that's not high intensity. Now, it might feel like that because you go, oh, no, I really am tired out. 
oh, no, we need you to actually be more tired out than that. That means the feeling like you absolutely can't do any more after those 20 seconds. So, if you, again, if you're doing that for 10 minutes, you're actually not going to get that growth hormone burst. That's going to be more like steady state exercise. Is that making sense? Yeah, that really helps. Uh-huh. So we think it's very, very short term. That's that's what we're talking about with the high intensity. Anything that's going to be longer than that isn't going to give you these bursts of these hormones that are going to make you a good fat burner. So we just want to review again. It's 20 seconds of super high intensity. And really for some people, marching in place is high intensity for you if you're huffing and puffing. So it doesn't mean you have to go all out wild if that isn't working for you at your stage of health and fitness. Everybody's going to be different with this. Some people, it's going to be pull-ups that you drop to the ground and do a push-up and jump right back up and do another pull-up. If you're in fabulous shape, that's what you're doing. Okay, other people, you're going to be doing something else like jogging in place or dancing, something like that. That's going to be very, very good and intense for you. So it's the 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, times eight, and the music will just guide you through it. And the music will tell you when you're almost done, and then it's going to turn off. So this is something that you can take with you when you're traveling and doing your hotel room. It can be when you have guests over and you have guests staying at your house and you say, well, well, I have guests and so I can't exercise because they're here. I have family here for a week and they're staying at my house. Here's my answer. Well, great that you have family. So you either do this four minutes on your own or have those people join in with you. But doing this Tabata is going to push your hormones into the direction where you become an effective fat burner. And then the other type of exercise is going to be heavy weightlifting. So anybody out there who has very good joint health and maybe you've already been doing weights, if you lift weights just moderately, like you say, I'm just going to pick up the four-pound weights because I don't want to build up the big muscles. And yeah, I don't like that uncomfortable feeling of lifting heavy weights. If you want to push your hormones in the direction of being an effective fat burner, you're going to have to start lifting heavier weights for you. And that would be heavy where you could only do 8 or 10 reps and then your your muscles are just going to feel like they're going to give out. So heavy weight lifting and then you go from one exercise to the next. So that would look like maybe you do 8 to 10 bicep curls and then put those weights down and rest for only about 5 seconds and pick them back up again and do some overhead presses and then maybe you do some squats and then maybe you do some lateral raise, but you go from exercise to exercise to exercise to exercise with heavy weights, but only for a short period of time, like maybe 10 minutes. So that would be another type of exercise that's going to help you increase your growth hormone, increase testosterone, decrease insulin. And you notice these short time periods. There's such short time periods of exercise that they're not going to overly tax your adrenals and push your cortisol into levels that just increase your stress. So we hope that you learned a lot from the show today about exercise, 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And next week we'll be continuing with the st- six steps for stubborn fat loss, if I can say it right. Um, but everybody, thank you for listening to today's show. And we love to hear about your progress towards making amazing health changes. Or if any questions come up midweek, send us an email or post on Facebook and we'll bring it up next week on the show. And remembering about sh- sharing the radio show with your friends yes. and your family. So if everybody does one person this week, we can double our radio Yay. show listenership. So we really appreciate your support and your help. Yes, we absolutely do. Well, thank you again. I'm Lucy, and this was Madeline and Jeannie. That's our show. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead. We'll be right back.